Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Warriors fans? It is Brady Klopper here with Golden State of Mind. The Warriors just played a highly anticipated NBA Finals rematch with the Boston Celtics. They had played a little over a month ago. It was one of the best games of the year for the Warriors when they won a a fairly dominant game over the Celtics back in early, mid-December. Although that was also the game where Andrew Wiggins played out of his mind phenomenally and also got injured and then missed a long series of games and only just now came back. So it, it came at a little bit of a cost, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what matters is the game they played this week against the Celtics, it was a prime opportunity for the Warriors. They'd looked better so far on this road trip. It's a five-game road trip. This is game number four. They'd already won two games, which was the first time all year that they'd won multiple games on a road trip. Um, and this was their opportunity to have a winning road trip for the first time all year. They haven't they haven't done that even, even on a one-game road trip. Uh, they haven't been able to do that. So... Uh, this was a prime opportunity. It was their. It was an opportunity to prove that the improvements that they've made over the last few games are sticking against a higher quality opponent. Uh, the two wins on the road trip had been against a Bradley Beal-less Wizards team and the Spurs, so not exactly great competition. Uh, the Warriors still haven't beat a team that's better than 500 when they're on the road. So, you know... One game doesn't prove anything, but it was certainly an opportunity for the Warriors to come in and show that they are not the disappointing team that they've kind of been for the first few months of the season and that they can get back to that championship status that they have every reason to hold this year. And so it's kind of with that in mind that this is it was a bittersweet game. It's a hard one to know how to feel about. Um, and I'm sure there are some fans that feel some ways about it and others that feel different ways about it. And I'm sure even within the confines of the Warriors charter jet, as it flies from Boston to Cleveland for Friday night's game against the Cavaliers, there are probably some people who feel one way about this game and some people who feel a different way about it. Uh, because the reality is, if you can take a step back, remove the emotion from it, and, and just look at this pragmatically, it was a really good game for the Warriors. Um, despite the loss, this was, in my opinion, the best that they've looked on the road all year. Um, there's no shame in losing to the Celtics on the road. Boston has been the best team in the NBA this year. They've been the best team by record and winning percentage. They've been the best team by net rating. They've been the best team by the eye test. Uh, this was, this is the best team in the league at the moment. Um, the roles are reversed here a little bit. 
Jalen Brown returned for the Celtics tonight. They were at full strength. Uh, the Warriors were without Jonathan Kaminga, without Andre Iguodala, without J. Michael Green. Warriors fans might be ragging on Iguodala and J. Michael Green and their contributions, but those are guys that Steve Kerr trusts. Those are guys that Steve Kerr is going to play. And when he's not playing them, uh, there is a domino effect. Uh, tonight, that domino effect meant having to rely on Anthony Lamb even when Lamb was not playing well at all. It meant having to play Andrew Wiggins 40 minutes and Steph Curry and Jordan Poole 43 minutes. Uh, it meant not having a backup plan when Clay Thompson got into foul trouble. Uh, things like that. So the Warriors were a little bit compromised, and the Celtics weren't, and they went into enemy territory against, again, the best team in the league, and really controlled the game for most of it. Uh, they showed huge improvements defensively. Uh, I thought this was a massive step in the right direction for the team on that end of the court because they have been so awful this year defensively on the road. Despite being so good defensively at home, that's really been the issue for this team. Um, and they... They really, they really brought it this game for the bulk of it. And again, if you can take a step back, if you can remove our emotions and our, you know, desire for the Warriors to win games, I think we can look at this and go, this was, this was a really good game for the team. And at the same time, there's nothing fun about watching them lose. They are too good of a team to be fixated on moral victories, especially this late in the season. Um, not that we're late, late in the season, but we're past the halfway point. This is a team that won the championship last year and entered the season with very, very reasonable championship aspirations. Uh, we're not really looking for moral victories in late January. Uh, and watching them flirt all game long with having this kind of standout win that they can point to as, as a sign of where they are and the improvements they're making. For a while, they were flirting with breaking it open and having it not just be a win over the Celtics on the road, but a, a big win, a, a double-digit win. And to have that just slip through their hands at the end. It was a pretty tough pill to swallow. Um, it was a pretty tough pill to swallow. I think, I think most fans are, are probably pretty disappointed, even though, again, I think I think the team played really well, and we should be encouraged. Uh, so that's enough of me ranting about that. I've spent seven minutes talking about whether or not this was a good win or, or a bad loss. Uh, let's talk about the game really quickly. Uh, first things first, Steve Kerr mixed up the starting lineup. A interesting and gutsy move. Uh, removed Kavon Looney from the starting lineup, put Jordan Poole in it. On the one hand, very smart move because this is what 
the Warriors did against the Celtics in the NBA Finals in June. Um, for the last three games of those finals, the Warriors, you may recall, they fell behind 2-1 to one in that series. Uh, and then they moved Looney out of the starting lineup and replaced him with Otto Porter Jr. And they won three straight games to win a championship. So it's smart from that standpoint. It is nothing against Looney. Kevon Looney is one of the better players on this team. It's simply a matter of the Celtics being a huge team and the Warriors not being a team that can match up with them in that traditional sense. And so rather than wanting and failing to try and play the Celtics game, the Warriors want to try to run Al Horford and Robert Williams III off of the court. If you can't match someone's strength, flip the script and attack their weakness. On the other hand, this episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's kind of hard in a regular season game to take someone like Kevon Looney and just remove them from the starting lineup for a game. And I trust Steve Kerr. I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to managing players, managing personalities, managing egos. Everything that we know about Kamon Looney is that he is the epitome of a team player. Um, Steph Curry said it after the game. He was asked about the lineup change, and the first thing he said was that it speaks to who Looney is, that he's willing to do that. Um, so I don't say that to criticize Kerr or the coaching staff for making this move. I, I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt that they know how to manage their players, but... Shout out Kevon Looney, y'all. Shout out Kevon Looney. Uh, so vital to this team. And to be a guy who has played every single game this year after playing every single game last year. I mean, he saw himself randomly removed from the starting lineup earlier in the playoffs last year for Jonathan Kaminga, even though Kaminga wasn't really in the lineup. Two years ago, he saw himself removed from the starting lineup on opening night for James Wiseman, even though Wiseman had not played in training camp or ever played in the NBA before. Before that, Damian Jones was getting those weird token starts where he would play like six minutes a game but be a starter, and Kevon Looney was the main center but off the bench. Just shout out to Kevon Looney. That, that's all I have to say on the matter. Um... Anyway, the strategy didn't really work at, at first because Al Horford just ate the Warriors alive. 
Speaking of shouting out people, shout out Al Horford, y'all. He's, that dude has just stuck around in the NBA, transformed his game, super underappreciated, such a high-impact player still. And he just, he ate the Warriors in, in the first quarter, both sides of the court. Um, was posting up Andrew Wiggins, who who had to play up a size with with that change in the starting lineup was playing amazing defense on both end on the other end of the court. Wiggins had a really t- rough start to the game, by the way. Uh, had a telegraph turnover a few possessions in, and then missed an uncontested layup. But Clay Thompson kind of bailed everybody out. Started making a bunch of shots. Really great first half from Clay. He finished the half with 20 points. And on the whole, he ended up fouling out of this game, but I thought it was one of his best defensive performances of the year, and he was probably their best offensive player in this game. 24 points, 8 for 16 shooting, 4 for 8 on threes. Just a solid game from him. And the teams kind of went back and forth for the first half. No one could really get too far ahead, and then Steph beautifully had a beyond half-court buzzer beater to give the Warriors a one-point lead going into the break. Um, but it was all perimeter play for the Warriors. Clay had 20 points at the half. Steph had 15 points at the half. Jordan Poole had 11 points at the half. Everyone else had nine. And then the third quarter came, and the third quarter Warriors showed up, as we love when they do. They It was, again, the guards. Jordan Poole had some early shots. Clay Thompson had some early shots. Steph Curry had some early shots. The defense really started to clamp down in that third quarter for a little while. And the Warriors built up their lead, and, and it eventually reached double digits where it stayed for a while. And, and again, it looked like the dubs were kind of just going to ride off into the sunset with the kind of win that was going to put the entire league on notice. But it didn't quite work out that well. Um, they were They were playing... Jason Tatum so well, and I thought, you know, something that they do really well with Tatum is they kind of play into his one remaining weakness, which I think is is that he still wants to play hero ball. He still wants to do that Kobe thing a little bit. You can see the Kobe influence there. Um, and I think the Warriors kind of frustrate him and put him in a position where he wants to kind of pull himself out of the hole by taking a lot of impressive but low percentage high difficulty shots and they let him take those and almost bait him into those and it works out in the Warriors favor a lot Tatum shot just nine for 27 in this game though he did get to the free throw line 12 times so it ended up being a kind of efficient game anyway um en route to 34 points and 19 rebounds the Warriors going small hurt them in that regard they got out rebounded by 16 though some of that is due to the fact that they missed more shots that's not even true they didn't miss more shots so never mind don't listen to me uh don't ever listen to me i don't i don't have anything good to say here um anyway they played tatum really well again the defense was really really good in this game the the war the Warriors' defensive rating this game was 105. That means they gave up 
105 points per 100 possessions. On the year, the Celtics' offensive rating is 119.2. So the Warriors held the Celtics more than 14 points per 100 possessions below their average. Uh, and the Warriors' defense this year on the road has their often their defensive rating has been 119.6. So you would expect that number to be in that 119 to 120 range. Instead, it was 105. Just really great defensive performance. But the Celtics started to make their shots in the fourth quarter. Tatum started to lock in a little bit. The Warriors had a few of those bad turnovers, um, primarily from Steph in this game. Um, and the Celtics started to pull back into it, and as they did, the crowd got more and more into it, and you could just feel the momentum shift. And as, that, as the crowd got more and more into it, the Warriors, you could see kind of losing a little bit of confidence, started to make more mistakes started to get sloppy, started to lose conviction with their moves. Steph Curry scored a a layup to give the team a three-point lead with more than 20 seconds left, Uh, but the Celtics came right down the court, and Jalen Brown hit a three to tie the game. It was his only three of the game on four attempts. He shot just six for 18 in this game, but it tied the game. Warriors didn't call a timeout. I like that decision personally. Uh, I know they'll get flack for it, but I like the decision to not call a timeout. I did not like what they did with not calling a timeout, which was uh, Curry just kind of lollygagging it up the court and then shooting a fadeaway three-pointer over two defenders. Uh, The Celtics were in the bonus. The Warriors had a little bit of time. Would have loved. I know it's the custom in the NBA when it's coming down to a final possession to just dribble out the clock and take one hero ball shot. Personally, I would like to see them actually run their offense a little bit there. Run a high screen, get that trap, get that Draymond release five, get the four on three. Run a relocation for Steph or just attack the basket and force them to try to defend without fouling. Um, It's a tied game. You don't need a three. You don't need a crazy three. So it went to overtime. Celtics built up a four-point lead. Warriors responded with five points to take a one-point lead. Then the Celtics won on an 8-0 run to take a seven-point lead. Uh, It certainly looked like the Warriors were dead in the water. It was a seven-point game with like 35 seconds left. And then the Warriors made things weirdly interesting. Andrew Wiggins got fouled on a three, only made one of his free throws. Uh, But they got the offensive rebound. Dante DiVincenzo made a three. It made it a one-possession game with about 30 seconds left in the game. They almost got a steal. It was only an amazing play by Jalen Brown that kept the play alive. Um, But the Warriors forced the Celtics into a missed shot. A missed shot that I'll have to go back and watch the replay, but I'm pretty sure should have been a shot clock violation that didn't get called, which would have given the Warriors a better place to inbounds the ball and um, more time on the clock. But instead, they got stuck having to inbound the ball from under the hoop. No timeout to advance the ball. 
only three seconds left. All they were able to get was a Jordan Poole 60-footer that missed. There was no double overtime. They lose. They head to Cleveland. It is, as the kids say, what it is. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back after the Cavs game with another Warriors podcast.